Do you mind talking a bit about how you built a $50 million plus business? That, I mean, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, well, I think the basic fundamental for almost every business is what's our core offer? Hey, this is John Lee Dumas from Entrepreneur on Fire. You're listening to my friend, Ash Roy. Welcome to the Productive Insights Podcast, where you can learn how to systemize, automate, and scale your business via the internet. To access previous episodes and useful productivity tips, go to ProductiveInsights.com. Now, here's your host, Ash Roy. When you decide to take your business to the next level through good quality business coaching and actionable online strategies, head over to ProductiveInsights.com and book a free 30-minute consultation with me. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's podcast. I'd like to introduce a very successful entrepreneur called Ed O'Keefe. He's a best-selling author and, most importantly, a father of seven. Ed has been able to go from dead broke to cracking the code of starting and taking multiple businesses from zero to multiple seven and even eight-figure businesses. Ed has worked as a business mentor and a business strategy coach and has released his own online TV show and has recently written a book called The Art of Time Collapsing, How to Get What You Want Much Faster Than You Ever Thought. Welcome, Ed. Hi, how are you, Ash? Glad to be here, and hi, everybody. Thanks for being here, Ed. Uh, it's great to have you. So, Ed, do you mind giving us a brief overview on your background and your journey to date? It's a very interesting journey. I was looking up your page, and I would love to hear more about your story. Yeah, well, I grew up in a family of 13 kids on the south side of Chicago. You know, grew up with the mindset and thought process that, you know, you're supposed to grow up and uh, get a job and, you know, do something, <laughs> get a career. Yep. Somewhere along the line, being a, you know, playing volleyball and playing collegiate sports, I stumbled into the concept of, you know, on, on how to go, that we actually live in a world where you can kind of go out and create whatever it is you want. And that was kind of the beginning for me. And I think for most entrepreneurs or in business owners, when, you know, they, they make that shift from being, you know, looking for other people to support you to, hey, I'm going to go out and create something. Yes. Yes. I totally okay. relate to that. I, I started off very much in a similar environment where I was told to, you know, walk the trodden path. And it's just so freeing when you decide to actually blaze your own trail. Yeah. So that happened with me. And then I went out after getting my nursing degree, got my college degree. Mm-hmm. And I went out and just decided to do my own thing. And like many entrepreneurs who start out, <laughs> it was kind of a disaster for a long time. <laughs> and so we had to figure that out. And really, it didn't turn around until I started looking at, you know, at, at understanding marketing and becoming a professional student of marketing and selling via online or via direct mail or or whatever that might be, you know. And for most people, the limiting factor that usually hinders them is not a function of uh, talent or expertise, but a function of they're missing the ability to create a system to attract customers, lead, and convert them into paying customers, right? And so that, you know, it took me a while to figure that out and moved into the dental coaching market where I, without knowing anything about dentistry, grew one of the largest dental coaching and marketing businesses in that space and then was in there for about seven, eight years. And then after that, I decided to go into the nutritional supplement business, which we are still in today. And, you know, over the last three and a half, four years, we've sold over $50 million worth of uh, nutritional supplements. And you know, as I, as we're talking, before I jumped on the call with you, I'm working on our next line of products called Inspired Wear, which is a t-shirt line. 
and clothing line. The goal is to get 1% of the world population wearing inspired wear to transform our consciousness as well as give people, you know, athletic casual wear that also has positive messages for them on a daily basis. So I believe we're all entrepreneurs and that entrepreneurs have the ability to create amazing things and that we really have the potential right now to do whatever it is we choose to do. Mm-hmm. In a great way. Well, you brought up some really interesting points, Ed. You just mentioned that you believe we're all entrepreneurs. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Are you talking about everybody is potentially an entrepreneur or are you saying there's a specific group of us that are entrepreneurs? You know, those your audience and business owners and people are primarily entrepreneurs. I do believe that opportunity for people to choose becoming an entrepreneur is greater than ever before. We talk about it in our house. I think there's a very big displacement going on in the world with the job force, right? So the jobs that were available or even are available now necessarily will not be available in, you know, five, 10 years. So how do you take something that is not where value can be created and, and go create it. How do we as entrepreneurs or, you know, as visionaries see what's not there and go or see what is there as a problem or challenge and, and try and create something that can have either a local or global effect mm-hmm. and be really proud of that. So those are the questions I'm personally asking right now. Right. And designing businesses to kind of uh, fill those gaps. Yeah, so anticipating where the ball is going to be, to use a soccer analogy, and not trying to get to the ball where it is, but anticipating where it's going to be and playing to where the game is going, not where the game is. Maybe a little bit, you know, but Ash, I think one thing that can be overlooked is that, you know, just the clarification I'd want to make is that if there's an opportunity to make money where you are or where you see it based on your ability to solve a problem that Mm -hmm. people have now, Mm-hmm. That is probably the best formula for making a good living, helping people or building a business. Good businesses that have longevity are designed around solving the main problem mm-hmm. or create a true value for somebody who's looking to exchange money for it. So that's one thing. So that's a fundamental that I would never get away from. Mm-hmm. But then the next way you take it is like, so how are these things evolving, right? And so one of the businesses, like our t-shirt business, our, and it's really a clothing line business. Mm-hmm. And I like to even tell people it's not even a, a clothing line business, it's a movement, right? Because we're mm-hmm. trying to create a movement out of it. Is um, the main category that we're in medium that we are targeting is, is social media, Facebook, and then Pinterest, Instagram, and Twitter. And those social platforms are primarily where we're starting with that business. Mm-hmm. And so where is that going? is how do you see what how the different social media uh, platforms are releasing their ad platform and where are those trends at? So that's where you're taking something that is currently a proven business model. You're just looking for the movement that's happening and where the opportunity is. So yes, where the ball is going is definitely answered in that sense. Okay, I see exactly what you mean. So you're saying take an existing problem, solve the problem, and try and future-proof it. If it is, yeah, if, if it's definitely, if that's an opportunity, then you're creating a gap. I was on a call yesterday talking to a lot of guys who are small business owners, consultants. They're consultants to small business owners. Mm-hmm. And I said the one challenge I would really, you know, if there are a lot of Google PPC consultants, and I said, don't stop what you're doing, but also don't put blinders on to the point where you don't see an emerging channel yep. and an emerging opportunity to take advantage of, you yeah. know, with LinkedIn for small business owners, for people who are entrepreneurs, there's opportunity there. You know, there's a lot of opportunity 
And so it's that balance of being very focused at specific times, yet also having the ability to know what's going on. You know, it's a yin and yang that can't just buy into one set of principles. Sure. You mentioned a very successful health supplements business. And interestingly, I interviewed Buck Rizvi a few episodes ago, who also has had a lot of success in that. Do you mind talking a bit about how you built a $50 million plus business? I mean, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, well, Buck does great work and we're friends and he does outstanding stuff with his business. And I think the basic fundamental for almost every business is what's our core offer? Where are our customers at? And how do we get to them? You know, those are the core fundamentals. And so I think we spent a lot of times designing a phenomenal product, identifying hyper-responsive markets that are proven to buy health supplements. And we built a world-class team and we went after those spaces. Mm -hmm. And so the thing that I like to tell people is that in a business like that market, if you have the potential of leveraging media buys, where you can buy direct-to-site buys, email buys, affiliates who have lists, your job is to create an offer, which is really a sales process that either has such a great conversion rate or such a great average ticket. And it's a combination of both, actually, uh-huh. that it allows you to spend more money than the other people who are trying to access that medium. Right. Yeah. And so, but that is a transferable equation and fundamental truth about business, right? Okay, yeah. So if I take that and I go over to my buddy who runs a CrossFit box, so like a gym, mm-hmm. and he says, well, I don't understand why we're slow. And I say, well, how much customer acquisition are you doing? Mm-hmm. And most people specifically, like, we'll just pick on CrossFit for a second because I do CrossFit, but I have no businesses in that market just yet. <laughs> they don't think mathematically about the process because most people who go into a passion-driven business, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, Beachbody consultants, CrossFit consultants, or I mean, CrossFit coaches or dentists, you know, mm-hmm. you take all those different ranges. Yeah. They don't think mathematically about it. They think about, let's, here's my passion. I'm going to become the best at it. And then hopefully in three months, I have more money than I currently do. But the strategy marketing path and plan is not laid out. Mm-hmm. And so the big question is, is that what is that marketing and mathematical equation look like? And the question is, is that when you acquire a customer, how much does it cost you to get them? And then on day zero, so... What does it cost to acquire? What do we make on the initial transaction? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then at day 30, day 60, day 90, and I like using 90 days because most people have to worry about cash flow, mm-hmm. need to see that in a three month cycle. You know, then the question you have to ask is what is the value of that $25 I spent to acquire a customer mm-hmm. at day 90? And is it now 50? Mm-hmm. Is it, is it 26? Yep. Is it, you know, is it a hundred? And what I think a lot of people don't realize is that if you're profitable at day 30, day 60, and maybe even day 90, depending on the lifetime value of the customers mm-hmm. or the customer life cycle, which for businesses that get customers in are going to stay on average six to 10, 12, 14 months. And if you're break even at day 90, that means every month after that, just putting pure profit and it minus some little costs. But the fact of the matter is most of us have operating fixed costs anyway. So anything above it 
just goes straight to the bottom line. So you've just made a really important point, and I just want to really bring that out for the listeners, and even for myself, actually. Generally, businesses tend to be averse to advertising because it's expensive. But what I'm hearing you're saying is, as long as you're making profit on your advertising, it's okay to spend a whole bunch of money as long as you're either doubling or tripling your money by day 30 or by day 90 at the very latest. Yeah, and but what what I want to be clear on too is the answer is first of all yes. The only thing I would take contention with that you said back was a whole lot of money. <laughs> and so, but what I like structurally looking at is like what is our rules when we go buy traffic? Mm-hmm. And so, like Facebook right now, there's certain metrics, and I've been studying a lot of guys lately that they all have different metrics. But when they look at like what does it cost per engagement of a post? Mm-hmm. And, you know, some guys say two cents, some say five cents, some say 15 cents. And then they're able to retarget that person and they're able to build fans and then monetize that. There's a formula there. But at least each one of those guys has a formula that mm-hmm. they are posting or spending a whatever their dollar amount might be. Mm-hmm. So it might be $10. And then he looks at it and he's like, if we're if it's costing us more than, you know, 15 cents per engagement we pause the ad. Well, why is that? Because the ad's not getting enough engagement based on the data that he has, right? Mm -hmm. So what I like doing is going, okay, hey, if I was consulting someone, I would say to them, hey, have you thought about what is your minimum or actually maximum allowable spend Mm -hmm. when you want to acquire a customer? Right. You're like, what are you willing to spend? So like when we scale to 3 million, over 3 million a month in sales, we were spending 130 up to $150 per sale right. in the health supplement comp in the business. The reason was because our average transaction was 230 to 240 right? Right. Where our competitors were only generating a customer and acquiring them at like $170 per acquisition. And then one of the things I tell most of the clients now, I don't do quote-unquote consulting, but I do intensives and we do have a mastermind, some large group. Mm-hmm. mindshare type things. One of the first things I look at is how do you bump that sale and create more value for the customer? And I'm really interested actually to understand how were you getting the 230 or 240 return on investment? Uh, well, it's not exactly ROI, but the 230, 240 returns when the other people were getting 170. What were you doing differently? Well, yeah. So what we had done is we had taken our direct mail campaign where we were charging $39 per one bottle uh, mm-hmm. when we were in mail. And then I think our three bottle was, I forget what it was off the top of my head. But what we ended up doing is just testing, bumping the one bottle to $69. Mm-hmm. So I increased the price of the same bottle by 30 bucks. Mm-hmm. And then I took the two bottles and we charged I think 119 and then our four bottle was 199 So mm-hmm. previously to that, you know, Ash, we were charging a lot less. And right. so that immediately bumped our thing. So it's usually in the price offer and structure. And so that is usually where any business can get a bump instantly, right? So let me share one thing with you. It's very interesting. So I was on a phone call because I'll bring this home to so somebody providing a service or a little bit of consulting package, right? I was on a great call with some really nice guys recently where they're interviewing me about just like we are right now, but they're Google Hangout experts. And by the end of the call, like they were charging 1500 bucks for consulting for three months. And by the end of the call, I convinced them that they should be charging 5000 
a month for three months. It just 10x their price range. And I said, you just got to target different customers like guys like me or guys like you or guys who are so busy that they just need this system built in for them. Yep. And these guys were doing retargeting. They're doing ads on Facebook. And I said, why don't you just create a whole course and system doing that or showing people how to do that for Google Hangouts? Mm-hmm. And so it's not about the Google Hangout or the Skype call. It's about the process that allows this company to generate an extra hundred thousand, two hundred thousand a month with that process. So, and so you showed them how to productize their knowledge. Yeah, and even process. Uh, yeah, I mean, because they were creating products, but they were charging way, 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 way less, right? And so I was saying that on the top end, you need to have something customizable for the higher end buyer, mm-hmm. the guys that are doing multiple seven figures to eight figures, because to them, they'll spend the three to five grand a month. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're only catering to people that only can spend and every dollar they spend is such a haggle or a hassle. Mm-hmm. You end up dealing with people that are always going to haggle and hassle you. So what I said was take uh, your system, develop a low-end $7, $19 like free gift to qualify them. But then as you move them up the ladder, you got to show them how you're making them money. And by doing that, you can flip up, add more value. Now, so how do you do that if you're like a, a CrossFit box? Because I, you know, I want to bring it to everything. So like in dentistry, we found that if people came in because of they needed a cleaning or whatever... If you gave them $30 credit to add to this quit tours cosmetic dentistry mm-hmm. or to even some of our dentists were very aggressive, they would give them $200 credit towards any cosmetic dentistry with a free dental consultation. Right. The key thing is that expires ah. in the next 30 or 60 days. So there's got to be a reason. So when those 60 days come up, they lose the coupon move forward. Now, I'll tell you one more thing on this. So, for example, you, you take that same concept you put in CrossFit. One of the best ways to do it is come in at a low entry and then you bump them up to a membership at a discounted rate if they sign up right now mm-hmm. or their first three months or something. What happens is, is that people that are moving continually will move. Mm-hmm. If people are outside the gates and they're not in the store, yeah, they need a reason to get in. But right. once they're in, it's a lot easier to say, oh, well, wouldn't that be great also? And they're more in the buying mode. Right, right. I, I see exactly what you mean. So they're in a different mindset before they interact with you as a customer. But once they actually buy something from you, the idea is to keep them moving along and create a recurring income stream, which I talked about with James Schramko in my earlier podcast. What I'm hearing is you're quite a believer in the recurring income model too. Yeah. If you can turn your business into a recurring income model, so you have money coming in every day, there's just a different life, right? You, mm. you can do that. Now it has its ups and downs where you have to then you know understand what retention model looks like and do that. But one distinction I want to share with all your guests is that there's a big difference in response rate when you say we're putting a credit into your account. Mm. that you can apply towards our membership right? versus we're giving you a discount. Oh, okay. Yes. Discount is something that they could either choose or not choose. Yes. The credit in their account is something that will go away, so they will lose it. Yes. Big distinction. We've tested it. We use it in all our businesses, and there's no question that it works tremendously well. That's an absolute gem. So a credit in the account of the customer that, expires in a certain period of time if they don't use it, so they have something to lose 
if they don't take yeah. action as opposed to just saying, here's a 20% discount on what you bought and they don't have to do anything for it. Correct. Okay. So you're getting the customer, you're incentivizing the customer to take action and engage with your product or brand and or brand and develop into a customer by offering them a credit that expires in a specified period of time. Correct. Okay. Now I have a question, Ed. You talked about the bump in the price. Did it have a significant drop in volume as a result of the price bump? No, it's how we scaled because the price bump price bump did a better job of creating exclusivity around it, but it allowed us to spend a lot more money because the conversion rates didn't really change much. Right. That's fascinating. We're able to spend a lot more money to acquire a lot more customers. Right. You know? But were you spending money in different places? Were you targeting a different set of customers now? I think you said you were, weren't you? Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, we were doing okay. We were plugging along. Our average transaction size was just lower. Mm -hmm. So when we switched over to a higher pricing conversion, like it's funny, man, when people want the product, sometimes if you just position it and you think about how to create more value Mm -hmm. and then you charge more, the difference in conversion rate might be incremental, but the now overall revenues like exponential. Yes. So, you know, it's a mathematical equation. So it's just, you know, I think most of us get caught up in this, like, well, this is the way to do things and we don't test. Yes. And so the way we work on every business we go into and everything when we teach people how to do it is, Where is the baseline successful person or business in that market? And there's usually a handful of them, if not more. And so after you find that, you look at and reverse engineer what they're doing and you create some baseline testing processes. Mm -hmm. Once you have tested all those processes, then you can iterate. But until you do that, you don't iterate. And from that point on, that's where you start going and testing new things. But, you know, ride the backs of your competitors to figure out what's going to work for your business. Mm -hmm. So I think what you're saying is you created a different product, you added value to it, and you effectively repositioned it. So you created a whole different product to bump the price up in one of the instances you talked about. Is that right? Yeah, we raised the price and it didn't affect conversion rate much at all. But we were talking about a different offering with a lot more value built in. Just added a little more of the takeaway and scarcity to the pitch, but it was the same product. A lot of times you take the same business, same offers, everything, Mm -hmm. put a little more sizzle to it Mm -hmm. and add some extra bonuses. And all of a sudden you got a home run where before there was kind of a dud, you know? Now, this is a really important takeaway for my audience, and that is don't assume that the price that you're selling your product for is the maximum price you can get for it. You can look at ways of creating more value and positioning the product differently, this very same product, and increasing your price per product and therefore increasing your profitability. Yeah. And Ash, let me just give like one good tip here. I just ran a seminar called my, you know, my everything you need to know about the health supplement and health product business mm-hmm. where we charge 7,500 bucks to be in the room. Wow. And I did $2,000 worth of marketing, Facebook ads was really just post boosts of content I created. Mm-hmm. And I created a 63 page report that was just filled with ridiculously good information. Right. And what happened was that got shared so many times and it created so much authority Mm. 
that, you know, we filled the room up. I think we had 25 paid customers and 14 of them joined the mastermind club. So the one of the lessons I take away from that is that we are in the transparency economy. Give away your value, man. Give it away. Because when people see value versus hype and crap, they're drawn to it. They want to be a part of it. They can see through it. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of more of a mission of there's distinctions at a higher level, which is what those guys were paying for. And though there are relationships at the higher level that they pay for. Mm-hmm. But as far as their process and what we test and how we test and how I got into the supplement business, if any of your listeners are in that space, they can go to edokeefshow.com and, mm-hmm. and go through the process. But I give it away. I tell people exactly all the mistakes I made. Yeah. And, you know, there's distinctions. And then what we found is just by, you know, by being surrounded by like-minded people, that makes everybody better. So the content online Give it away, man. Yeah. So edokeefshow.com or... Let me make one distinction. I just want to make sure I'm being very clear for your listeners because I don't want them to think, oh, I'm going to go start. Give it away in a leverageable format. Mm -hmm. So like what you're doing with the podcast, what we're doing with like a report, what we're doing online with a blog. Maybe you enter some Facebook groups that are targeted and you just create value. But that does not mean you open up your phone and you're on the phone with a bunch of people just looking for free advice. That's not what I'm saying. Because you have to properly position. But when you create these leverageable assets, like, mm-hmm. you know, your ebooks, your courses, your book, your seminar, whatever, mm-hmm. that you have to give just enormous, ridiculous value. In my book coming out, The Art of Time Collapsing, my editors were like, well, why are you going so deep in these topics? Mm-hmm. Shouldn't you just brush them? I'm like, well... Because the people who I want to attract in my life want more detail than fluff. They don't want fluff. Mm -hmm. There's enough fluff there. So, you know, that's where I believe you need to go to that next mile and create more value for people. That's a great point. I hear what you're saying about giving away your value, just giving it away, and then you can monetize with the audience that wants to look for more customized solutions, perhaps. It's very much about don't hold anything back. Give away everything you know because there is so much crap and fluff out there online that you are going to just stand out. Assuming you have something to sell and offer them, yes. <laughs> right. So by giving away a lot of the value, you attract the customers and you develop the relationships. And I guess you get, once you start interacting with your customers, you get clearer on how exactly they want that information customized to their needs. And that's where you start developing the customer seller relationship. Yeah, you, you just dictate and say, this. we should all figure out what our unique abilities and our gifts are. And then you package it to surround those. And we don't try and become things we're not. Mm-hmm. And then we let customers know this is what we do. And then we sell stuff. And then when they come in, you survey them. And then when you find out more of their problems, you then ask yourself, do I need to create strategic relationships for this? Or is this something we can do? Mm-hmm. And... The fact of the matter is most of the time it's something either like, like, you know, you mentioned James, James, is a guy who builds, likes building the next business based on what his customers are wanting and needing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very, very smart, very integrated model. But some guys are just better off being on the front side. And the more they try and get on the back end, they end up screwing everything up. Yeah. And so those guys are probably better off creating strategic relationships where they get paid by referring people rather than 
trying to be those people. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Yep. Absolutely. Another important point you made earlier on was about creating extremely high value information and content and giving it away. And that brings up a really interesting topic or important topic that's close to my heart, and that's content marketing. And I recently interviewed Chris Garrett from Copyblogger, who's an authority in content marketing. But that's one of the best ways to build authority, isn't it? By creating high value content in the form of podcasts, videos, blog posts, whatever it is. And just really creating value that people can see that you have to offer. And that's how you start building the relationships. Yeah, it's just, it's one of the largest forms of leverage, right? So again, like in dentistry, we offered, you know, if they had messed up teeth and dental implants or, you know, if they had dentures or missing teeth, we would say, are, you know, are you sick and tired of your frustrated dentures that rub and are ill-fitting and, you know, mm-hmm. You can't confidently eat the food you want. Well, those are the biggest pain points back then, right? Mm-hmm. So then we created a report. So then we'd run ads that we'd lead generate, send out the report. Mm-hmm. Small percentage of those leads generate 100 leads. Three of them became patients. The average implant case was, you know, say 20, 40, 60,000. They generated uh, 100 leads. They made, you know, 120,000 bucks, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of a way of thinking of it. And that business process is is applicable to everything. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, can I get advice? Yeah, not a problem. Have you read my report yet? No, I haven't. Okay. Well, the first step is there. Right. And that's what we do. You, you move them there. In, in our health supplement business, we have a report that's called Don't Take Another, or we have a whole pitch that's like, don't warning, don't even take another supplement until you read this. Mm-hmm. It moves them into a lead generation where then we look at segments there. And our Inspired Wear, if listeners want to check out what we're doing with our t-shirt company, we're doing a viral launch where you opt in to find out how you get a free t-shirt. And it's just a referral system. Everything has the same process, mm-hmm. you know? And so like, you know, so for example, if I own my own gym, I would find out what is the problem mm-hmm. that my people are experiencing And then I would write a report to hit those buttons so that when they walk into my gym, Mm -hmm. they're at a second step in the process, not starting from, hey, I just wanted to check it out. I mean, who has time for checking every single day, you know? So you're really leveraging content. And that was going to be one of my questions, actually. How does an entrepreneur really build a successful business starting today? And I think the answer, what I'm hearing is build high value content, deliver it to the customer using the online channel so that by the time they actually get to your business or your brand or your product, when they walk in the door, they already are informed and ready to take the next step, which may well be buying a product. Yeah. And or the only thing I'd say, Ash, that's a little, the only like caveat there is if they have a product where it's a pure product, where it's offer-driven marketing, and mm-hmm. you're just trying to create something awesome, and then it's just getting that offer in front of your audience and then having a monetization strategy once they come in. Mm-hmm. So, but the answer is yes. You know, what is our tripwire thing that's going to get them moving? And then how do we, you know, monetize them from there on up? Cool. So uh, what are the most common challenges you've seen with people getting started with their businesses and how have they overcome them and what actions can they take right away? So let's assume you're learning. So, so far we've covered, I think, like a really good broad topic of positioning, getting live, 
thinking, you know, like if you're not doing a lead generation or if you're not creating content, if you're not doing X, Y, Z and position yourself properly, mm-hmm. if you're not testing prices and offer construction, those are all positive things. But let's say like you're assuming that, right? So I'm a listener of your podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm checking out James Tramko's how, how to do this. I got buck stuff or whatever my thing. Then at some point, your ability to intellectually know what you need to do is already there. Your clarity of focus and internal ability to take action is really what's at cause, you know, mm-hmm. or which is we have to focus. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm going to keep it as simple as possible, I would say that the inability to be relentlessly non-emotional about things going wrong mm-hmm. and the opposite of that being the ability to disassociate from bad tests or things not working out so that you can move faster from A to B to C to D to D to C to A back up to E so that you are moving forward uh-huh. is probably the, the differentiator. And I would say that the real key differentiator, I mean, there's some other processes that I talk about in the book coming out that, that talk about accelerated learning and decision-making and modeling and mentoring, but let's assume you have basics. Mm-hmm. The guys who move quickly from bottom to the top consistently and continue can do it in almost any field, mm-hmm. just they don't let stuff bother them that would bother other people. Right. And right. they don't have that kind of, I would call it the emotional desire to be approved and get acceptance mm-hmm. and get the outside. I mean, we all have it at some level, but the top of the pyramid has less people sitting there hoping to to get approval from other people. So they don't get rattled easily and they they aren't looking for external approval. They are very internally motivated. So if you want to be successful in business, it's about getting your mindset right and being relatively impervious to failure to the extent that you don't let it get you down. Sure, learn from it, but don't fall apart every time something doesn't work out. That's absolutely correct. Okay. Now, I'm very interested in this book. So you've got a book coming out soon called The Art of Time Collapsing, How to Get What You Want Much Faster Than You Ever Thought. When does that yeah. come out and how does the audience get their hands on it? We finished the intensive and I was planning on scheduling two weeks to wrap it up. And uh, what's happened is I haven't even touched it because <laughs> the intensive went so well. Inspired Wear is launching right now. And so I haven't even sat down. So it's the book that teaches you how to get things done very, very rapidly is taking me way longer than I expected. <laughs> so to see how to kind of uh, give you that. But my hope really is this summer. That's my goal. Okay. So I'll post a link to edokeefshow.com on the show notes, but when the book comes out, I'd be delighted to send a link to the book to my audience. So just flick it to me and I'll share it with my audience. Thank you so much. I mean, it's really a passion project. You know, it's really one of those things where I studied since, you know, I'll be 40 this month or I mean this, this summer. Mm-hmm. And from the age of 22, 21, I've been on this journey of trying to figure it out. And so what I think you'll all like in the book is I talk about the soft and hard of success, the yin and the yang, the spiritual side, the meditation, the the law of attraction side. And then you have the other side that I call the really, you know, the not the hard in, the, in a bad way, but the grinding it out, setting the goals, acquiring skill sets, accelerated learning, identifying your mentors, modeling success, and giving really specific examples, not of just myself, but people I know. So 
there's no fluff. I mean, there's some of these books I'm reading now, there's some really good ones. So I don't want to be negative on that, but there's some that are like, you know, that talk about like how high performing athletes think, well, I'm around high performing athlete. I am a mid-level played at a decent high level and I've coached at a pretty good level. And so some of the application that I'm reading is not really applicable. So some of the stuff I plan on doing this is really trying to get give people real tools that they'll stick on the shelf, they'll keep that book the rest of their life, and the book will be so good that they recommend it to tens, if not hundreds of other people. That's my vision of it. Yeah, that's the goal. And actually, that seems to be your vision for creating content, for creating products, for creating relationships with customers. Let me make a point there. So it's like, you know, you go train with people or you go practice with people, and you finish and then you want to talk about leadership, then the three people are over there still struggling or still doing your stuff. What are you doing? Are you in the corner having your protein shake, talking to yourself about how great you were, or are you over there encouraging them? Right. Yeah. And so it's it's just about being congruent with who you decide you want to be. And actually the whole clothing line is based on identity transformation it's just about being consistent, congruent, and, and living your life at a higher level. And the outcomes that you're going to get, if you're really focused on that, you're going to get your results. You just got to have the two things of the ability to take action faster and understand your metrics and, and rules and have less emotional attachment when things don't go right and be willing to test faster and get back in the game. Right. So there's some really valuable takeaways from this. So some of the important things that have come up for me is really establish good quality content, create stuff that is, as one of these books I read called So Good They Can't Ignore You, create super high value content, give it away and use that as a lead generation tool and then customize your products for the customers once you've developed that relationship. Don't assume that the price that you're charging for your products is the maximum you can consider increasing the price, adding more value and increasing your profitability that way. And if you want to be a successful entrepreneur, get your mindset right and be very clear about the fact that other people's opinions of yours aren't necessarily edicts, but you can just definitely take external feedback, but don't let it completely rattle you. Just keep on your path and keep producing high quality stuff. Yeah, pretty good summary. And keep listening to your podcast. I would say sure there are people who have the potential of being like-minded, but you're not sure because the more people you allow to surround yourself, like living in a cave, not sharing what you're doing or sharing the resources that you're learning from, like Ash's podcast and Ash's insights is not helping anyone, including yourself, mm -hmm. you know, so they should be sharing your stuff, man, and take it to the next level. Thank you, Ed. I really appreciate that. It was very kind of you. Thank you for saying such kind words about the podcast. And I would love to have you back another day on the show. Yeah, man. I'm around just cranking it out. So let's see, uh, maybe in a six months or a year or now, my goal is a couple eight figures and give you uh, the, the summary report. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. So thanks very much, Ed. Thanks for being on the show. And if anybody wants to get in touch with you, I guess they just go to edokeefshow.com. Yeah, edokeefshow.com. Uh, you can like it on Facebook as well. I'm on Facebook. I, I can respond to questions and stuff like that. I can't promise how fast I'll get back to it because <laughs> we're actually in the trenches growing businesses. I really would love to see people. The inspiredwear.com is really my passion right now. Like We have t-shirts that we gave all our clients to just give to their family. I let them just take as many as they want. And I mean, I had a guy yesterday saying, you know, that one t-shirt, be strong. It was a 
his daughter wore it to school. She had like 10 people come up to her asking about it. The intention behind it truly believe can make some profound effects on people. Well, I'll definitely add that to the show notes as well, inspiredware.com. So thanks, Ed, and I'll talk to you soon. All right, brother. Thanks, everybody. Bye. When you decide to take your business to the next level through good quality business coaching and actionable online strategies, head over to ProductiveInsights.com and book a free 30-minute consultation with me. Thanks for listening to the Productive Insights Podcast. You can find all the links in the show notes below this episode on ProductiveInsights.com. You can also ask questions in the comment section that Ash personally answers. How can Ash help you today?